Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Katie Sneveis. Hello, Katie. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Good, good. I um, hear that your daughter, your your youngest daughter, has been using your computer a lot, so I'm glad it was free for you to record. Oh, my goodness. I imagine most um, moms can re- relate to this out in AMR land, but yes, it's kind of a... Every morning, it's it's a, a computer shuffle because they I have three girls and they all have meetings at the same time because you know why wouldn't they? Um, they all have meetings at the same time. Not a sentence you might have said a few months ago. <laughs> I know, I know, and I mean it's just too long and boring to even go into. But some of the meetings, Google Meets works on one of the computer. It doesn't work on the iPad. I mean the Zoom. It's just a mess. It's a cluster. And I feel like I'm a pretty organized person, but I just can't get it straight. So thank goodness next week is the last week of school, but um, we'll be, we'll be finished with that. But one, you know, traumatizing for me and hilarious story um, that happened last week, Annie. So my first grader, you know, they have their Google meet with their class every single morning at nine 15. Um, and you know, God forbid I take a shower during quarantine. Um, you know, I, I go for a run I'm kind of stinky. I need to take a shower, but it seems like everyone needs me as soon as I walk in the door. So I tell her, I'm like, here's your meeting, Annie, you know, here's the code you're logged in. Just listen to the teacher for 15 minutes. I mean, that's, that's all I need you to do. Just sit here. Here's a snack. Here's some water. I'm going to go upstairs and take a shower. So I go upstairs, um, you know, for the five minutes of alone time that I get and I'm, you know, getting undressed. I have a towel on and all of a sudden I hear the door open to my room and Annie's like, mom, mom, the computer won't work. I can't get onto Google. And I start screaming bloody murder because I'm like, I'm naked. I mean, basically I have a towel on and she has the computer with all of the little faces staring at me. She faced it my way. <laughs> I mean, if only someone had taken a picture of it, it would have been a meme that would have blown up all over a social. Um, but I, thankfully, I don't think anyone saw anything um, that will be traumatizing to them. But it was just one of those mornings. And I was like, okay, well, I'm glad all the first graders saw saw me almost naked. Oh my, oh my um, God. The they learned a lot this morning. <laughs> oh my God. That could have been quite the, um, uh, quite the, uh, horror show of having the oh entire first grade, first grade class see you naked. Uh, I'm surprised I haven't received emails from any of the oh, I know. That's there. what I kept thinking. Like, <laughs> how do you have a virtual meeting then with all the parents to discuss the ramifications of that? Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> We're just going to pretend like that never happened. I know. I know. And I love that then you shared it with our contact at noon on the call yesterday. <laughs> and now I'm sharing it with, um, you know, all hundreds of thousands of people who listen to the podcast. So. <laughs> I, know, I know. So thank you. Thank you. Um, well, it has absolutely nothing to do with the topic we're talking about today, which is staying motivated during these troubling times. And the idea came to me kind of just in a I think I was either brushing my teeth, doing my leg swing, something like that. It was early morning. And then a few hours later, I got an email from Runner's World about an article they'd just done about how to bolster flagging motivation. So I figured I was on to something. So so then, uh, yeah, so here we are to talk about, we're going to talk about with um, three mother runners, how they stay motivated, their anecdotes, their advice. And we will bring on the first of those right after this short break. Stay with us. Our first guest is Samantha Hopkins, a mother of two sons and teacher to many children. 
Samantha lives and works in San Antonio, Texas. A Bammer Bastard, Samantha, is a repeat guest as she was on an episode almost exactly four years ago today talking about found change because she is queen of it. Welcome back to the show, Samantha. Well, thank you. It is such an honor to be here. I'm quite excited to chat with you two ladies today, but I have to make one correction. I am not a Bammer Bastard, but I am a devoted AMR fan. That's true. Yes. My goodness. So you give me so much help that I just figured you, you had some official capability. So you're an honorary one. Yeah, right, right. Oh, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right. Uh, remind us the ages of your boys, please. Absolutely. So I am a proud mom of two very active boys. I have a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old. Um, they play on four different baseball teams between the two of them. And right now we're right in the thick of wrapping up the school year here in Texas. In fact, this morning was the last day for fourth grade. And next mm -hmm. week will be uh, the last day for middle school. So they keep us hopping, whether we are learning at school or we're learning and working all together at home. I know. And you have a batting cage in your backyard, don't you? What? That's amazing. Oh, yes. But, you know, honestly, it's, um, it saves, it, it's a lifesaver because now we no longer have to drive all the way to um, a batting facility. They can just walk out in the backyard and I can monitor them while I'm cooking dinner. It's, uh, it was the best investment. <laughs> yeah, I saw that on Instagram. I'm like, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> Again, are they, they have no excuses. <laughs> are they, is the season suspended right now? How are they, how are they doing with that with not being able to play baseball? Or maybe you guys are playing baseball in Texas. Oh, no, no, we are not yet. Yeah. Um, and okay. so the season is suspended. So they've just kind of been um, in a, a limbo of strength and conditioning and um, working through losing motivation um, because yeah. when you don't have games to play for or my oldest, my 12 year old, this was the year for the Little League World Series. And I know everybody mm. at all different levels um, is facing disappointments. But for him, the opportunity to go to Williamsport for Little League, um, you know, that it no longer exists. And so working through um, all of those disappointments, it's been good life skills and, and good lessons to learn. Um, but certainly none of us were ready for it. So mm -hmm. it's, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a good segue into our topic today. Um, but before we dive into motivation and how we are all um, continuing with our motivation to, to stay moving and active, tell us a little bit about your running background. So I am a late onset runner. Um, I didn't actually run I was on the track team in middle school and in high school, and I did everything I could to actually avoid running. Instead, I liked <laughs> high jumping. Go figure. Um, it wasn't until I had my son 12 years ago, and he was too young to be dropped off at the gym daycare. Um, it wasn't until that point that I took up running. And selfishly, I did it to save my sanity. Um, I put him, he had horrible colic. And so mm. I would put him in the stroller. And fortunately, my in-laws gave me a Bob stroller. Thank you. Um, mm -hmm. But I would put him in the stroller and we would walk and we would walk for hours. And that way the rest of the neighborhood could hear him screaming. And I didn't <laughs> think I was going to lose my mind. Um, and, you know, after miles upon miles of walking circles in the neighborhood, 
I just started thinking like, okay, I'm going to run from this driveway to that driveway. And then it evolved from tree to tree and light post to light post. And so setting those little tiny, um, you know, incremental goals of running from here to there, um, I noticed he would stop crying when we went a little bit faster. And that was a win for me. Um, but then all of a sudden, I was running constantly. I wasn't walking anymore. And so that was kind of how I evolved into um, running. It just, again, it saved my sanity. Um, my husband picked up running about that time, I guess. And so on a whim, I told him for a birthday gift, um, I surprised him that I would run a half marathon. I would train and run a half marathon with him. And that was my first foray into longer distances. Because initially I said I would only run 5Ks. I couldn't do anything further than that. So my birthday gift was getting into um, half marathons. At any rate, um, I've been running, I would say mostly, I, I've been pretty consistent um, in 2016, 2015, somewhere around there. I stepped up to the marathon distance. And when I did that, um, it really kind of evolved from me questioning how fast could I really make myself goal? I go. I had hit um, my 5K goal, my mile time that I really wanted to hit. And then I would set a new one. And I'd set a new one faster, faster, faster. How I was grappling with the question of, how fast can I really go? And was I getting enjoyment out of it? And that's when I shifted my sights to the marathon. Absolutely fell in love with the marathon mm -hmm. distance. I uh, ran the Portland, uh, Oregon marathon for mm -hmm. my first one. And then mm -hmm. my second was the Marine Corps marathon the following year. Um, and then my oldest son flipped a golf cart over on me and broke my femur. Oh my gosh. That was in 2017 when it cracked and my running completely changed once again. And all of a sudden I found myself having to set new goals, um, be it, you know, I needed to find PT. I needed to stick with my physical training I, or, you know, physical therapy. I needed to um, come back really, really slowly. And it was a very long road. Um, and I think it, the harder part was the mental aspect of not being able to identify with, you know, am I a runner? Am I not a runner? Uh, just dealing with that as much as, as the physical aspect on that. Um, and so here I am back to running. I feel like um, I'm finally, you know, back at a consistent, healthy place. And oh man, it feels good to be here. And I just love AMR because you ladies have been with me every step of this crazy journey. Hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. After meeting you in San Antonio at the uh, rock and roll, right? Yes. Yes. I came down. I was yeah. so excited to meet y'all in person. I came down to the expo and um, back then uh, you had the, the house parties or the running parties. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, it, it's, it's been a long, but very beautiful ride. Oh, nice. Awesome. Awesome. So you talked about, you know, setting those goals for the time, um, goals. And I think that really kind of um, gives a little insight into your personality, which you had um, said to me in a text you when I asked you if you wanted to be on this episode, you said you're a very type A personality that likes to set small attainable goals. 
So tell us about all the streaks you have going and how those keep you moving. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> certainly. So this past Thanksgiving, I had never done a run streak. And I saw on Instagram that Runner's World was advertising their um, holiday run streak, run a mile a day between Thanksgiving and I think it was supposed to end on Christmas, uh, emphasis on supposed to. Um, and I thought, well, you know, that would be a good test to see how am I doing? Can I actually manage to run seven days a week? But, and a mile seemed just so doable. And I thought, well, mm -hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll give that a shot. And my deadline of finishing the run streak stretched to New Year's and mm -hmm. then it stretched to Valentine's. And at that point, I think my husband said, okay, when is this stopping? <laughs> and we moved on to St. Patrick's Day and the stay-at-home orders came down and all of a sudden I had a whole lot of time on my hands. So why stop? Um, right. It's been, it, it is the first run streak I've done and it's been really motivating. Um, you know, like Dimity says, don't think, just go. If I mm -hmm. get out the door, I know I'm going to keep moving. Maybe it's a mile maybe it's going to be more. Uh, but I had, I've just found that it, it's been helpful to me in this time period. Um, but also, with that said, in January, um, I, always, I log all my miles on both Garmin and Strava. And at the end of January, I happened to look and see, well, how many miles did I get in for January? And I topped 100. And I had not run a hundred miles in a month since before cracking my femur. Oh. And oh, I celebrated. I was so excited. I was like, look, look what I did. I told just about the whole world. And I thought, well, maybe I'd try it again in February. And I aimed for it and I accomplished it. And now it's May and I'm still, you know, keeping up with the hundred miles a month. And of course, we're not really training for any races right now. But it's mm -hmm. just nice to know and to see that number kind of at the end of the month of, okay, I am consistently doing this and I'm doing it um, and I'm healthy. And I, I think that's a good, um, good little um, goal that I have or, or a streak that I have. I love that. Um, I think that you know, setting the small attainable goals is what keeps people motivated, right? I mean, a marathon training plan that lasts 18 to 20 weeks can be very daunting. But if you just tell yourself and hold yourself accountable to go out running every single day, and then it's a habit. It's amazing because I have done the same thing since um, stay at home started. And frankly, I did it just to get out of the house. You know, I needed a minute to myself away from my kids and my husband um, and my dog. So, but now it's just part of my routine. And I, I think it's, it's, it's been one of the main ways that I've definitely been able to stay motivated um, and get out there day after day. One, um, another thing that I thought was interesting in your response was that you found, you know, a great way to, a fresh eye to familiar running routes, you know, as we are all at home and kind of running the same in our neighborhood streets, it can get a little boring after a while. So what have you done to, you know, just that up a little bit? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, with our stay-at-home orders here in San Antonio, I made the decision to stay away from all greenways or parkways. Oh. Um, and so I have done all of my runs just straight out from my front door, with the exception of mm. the last two Saturdays. Um, so needless to say, my regular routes are pretty stale. 
Um, mm. In terms of accessibility, I can run one direction and see cattle ranches. I can run another and see neighborhoods. And yet another takes me to the middle school track um, or a commercial strip center. So it's, it's just not that thrilling. Um, so to mix it up, I try to run a different route every single time I go out my door. Um, and my goal is always to stay present in the run. Um, mm. My intention is to seek out something either beautiful or something interesting, something that's different that I didn't see the last time that I ran that route. And I'm one of those runners that if I see it, it's pretty, it's a sunflower. Um, and I see it with the sunrise right behind it, I'm going to stop and take a picture. Or if I notice that our bees buzzing around on poppies, I'm going to stop and take a picture. Um, again, I'm, I'm not racing for a time goal. I'm just out there and I want to be present and I want to enjoy it. Um, with that said, I have tried where it's safe to run a route backwards. Um, we've lived in our house now for two decades. And so I've run the same neighborhoods. I can't even tell you how many miles I've run the same neighborhoods. Um, but it occurred to me in April, well, I always run making left turns. What if I do it backwards and make only right turns? Oh, getting crazy there, Samantha. Exactly. I know. I know. <laughs> living <laughs> you know, living on the edge. <laughs> it's crazy. All of a sudden, I saw a house. I have run past this house. I can't tell you how many years. And I suddenly saw they have an indoor swimming pool in their backyard. How have I <laughs> missed that? How do you miss a swimming pool? I, I don't know. Um, so I, I know that's silly. But, you know, another thing, I cast dogs on my run. Um, some of them are behind fences and others, you know, I have a pretty predictable, um, schedule. And so I'm always out there at the same time that I'll see, uh, the man on the bike with his German shepherd and every morning, you know, good morning. How are you today? But I've never asked him the name of his dog. And so I decided, mm -hmm. all right, that'll mix it up. What are the names <laughs> of the dogs that I pass on my route? And so now I know the great Dane is named Macy and the German Shepherd, his name is Max. So again, these are small little things, um, but it, it's kept it somewhat fresh, somewhat mm -hmm. interesting. Um, and it, it's helped me to stay present and to notice those small little changes um, on the exact same running routes that I'm doing over and over again. There's, mm -hmm. I run through a park near my house and I always start, I go right. It's a two and a half mile loop. And so some days or not some days, a few days, a few times I run left instead. Oh. And I swear it's like messes with my mind. I'm slower. I, or maybe I just blame it all on these things. I just, I can't get my groove. And so I have to, and I am not typically a person who has to follow the protocol every single day. Like I run at all different times during the day. I'm pretty flexible, but I have to run going right around the park. It's just so interesting. Like these things that you, you get set in your ways a little bit. So I, I applaud you for going out of your comfort zone a little bit. For, and, and for turning direction. right instead of left. Let's yep. hear <laughs> What I have know. we come to? Uh -huh. It's super exciting. But you know, you mentioned um, our comfort zones and that's one way that we've stayed motivated um, through our stay at home time period and all the craziness of trying to juggle working and teaching and my fourth grader requires us to sit right next to him for anything mm -hmm. productive to happen um, and so we just kind of sat down and looked uh, we were sort of adrift the first week 
um, and then realized we just need to make a new schedule for us. And so the first thing we do every day is PE class. And mm. PE class for the boys includes a mile every Monday. Um, and then they need to do their strength and conditioning and they have the option. They can go ride their bikes or do whatever else they want outside. Um, and then of course, PE class for mom would be, I get in my run and then I've joined uh, for many happy miles. I'm a member of that. I do Dimity strength class every day. Mm -hmm. And so I know it's scheduled and here in the central time zone, that means it's at 8 AM. Um, and so my run has to be done so that I'm ready to go and not mm -hmm. miss Dimity's class. And just taking that live class over Zoom, um, you know, it's it's been fun and it's great to see other real people moving and doing <laughs> things um, <laughs> again. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I love it. And it's so funny because when Dimity was like, well, I'm thinking about cutting back one day a week. And we're like, yeah, sure. That'll be fine. You know, you've been really carrying a heavy load. And now it's like, oh, that really affected them. Like thinking like, oh, well, I hope that didn't mess with Samantha's schedule too much. <laughs> oh no, we have had some awesome guest um, instructors like Brandy today was amazing. Um, and, oh, good. you know, it's just fun. It's really a great way to check in and see uh, the other members of Mini Happy Miles, and they're right there sweating alongside you, although virtually. I don't know. It's yeah, It's yeah. been a lovely um, positive in this time of change. Oh, awesome. Well, that's a very um, poetic way of putting that. Um, so, all right. So now you are um, throwing some change into this. You're doing that Yeti Ultra Challenge that, again, I, we talked about it on um, the Answers episode, which came out as we record this just um, yesterday. Um, so along with, seems like everyone, um, you're doing that this weekend. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, just, I'm, not. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not. I actually thought of it last night when I got up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and I'm like, I am so glad I'm not doing a Yeti challenge. <laughs> anyway, you're, you're but, trained for it. You could so do it. You're better, you know, uh, prepared for it than I am, Sarah. Um, well, thank you. Thank you. But um, I, I just know. Mm -mm, yeah. So um, how are you feeling about that? And um, as someone, me, who has had, who had a five plus year exercise streak, I have to ask, are you going to run the day after the challenge to keep your run streak alive? <laughs> Good uh, question. So Two-part two question. So to take it away, Samantha. Oh, I am so excited to go and do this Yeti challenge. Um, you know, there's nothing quite like going from maintaining just a base 10K level of fitness <laughs> to just jumping in with both feet and attempting a 50K over 24 hours, you know, let's go for it. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I will say I am excited about it. And what really got me into it was watching uh, all the other bammers, you know, Kate mm -hmm. and Julie and all their friends uh, tackle the Yeti. And I thought, you know, this seems doable. Again, it goes back to, it's just little small incremental chunks, run five miles every four hours. And I thought, the idea of actually running the distance all in one fell swoop, just, I'm not sure I could do it, but I think if I just break it up over 24 hours, um, I don't know, somehow it just seems a little bit more attainable. So I jumped mm -hmm. on the bandwagon. I mean, who wants to miss out on a moving party? 
That's what this seems like. So (laughs) it has been a lot of fun to support and encourage and cheer for those that have gone before me. Um, And I'm really looking forward to, you know, accomplishing this. Well, fingers crossed, I actually make it across the finish line, Uh, but I'm running mine on Friday. And hopefully the weather gods are going to hold out, um, that it all works out. I'm looking forward to it, but we're going to start at 5 a.m. So to answer your question, Sarah, about will I keep up the run streak, by starting at 5 a.m. on Friday, I should finish and be done by 2 a.m. Saturday. So then that means I've got my Saturday run done, and I have more than 24 hours of recovery time. So surely I should be able to like shuffle on Sunday. I hope fingers crossed. All right. Uh, and, and I take it this came into your, when you strategized how you were going to do the Yeti, I am assuming that, that this all came into play, right? That you were like, how can I set myself up to be able to run a mile on Sunday to keep the streak alive? <laughs> you know, um, I, I would love to say that I planned it down to that last little detail, but no, honestly, it, oh. Wow. The sun is my nemesis uh, mm. or my Voldemort. Uh, you know, the name that should not be <laughs> mentioned. Um, I cannot stand running in the heat of the day. And uh-huh. so my goal is to start early and that way I can get that one, you know, midday run um, accomplished. And then I only have cooler temperatures to look forward to. And so it was more kind of from that practical um, standpoint, I guess that I was looking at finishing at 2 a.m. There will be no fanfare. My family won't be cheering for me in the middle of the night, um, but it will be cooler. And somehow I just think I can get it done that way. Okay. Are you running with friends? Is it a group of you guys doing it virtually together or are you doing the solo? Yes. When we set out um, to do this, it's a group of uh, another group of BAMers. And in fact, okay. Stacy and Brenda are out running their Yeti right now today because oh, oh, the nice. weather was better them. for them today. Okay, um, yeah. And so and we've just all been cheering together. My husband is going to attempt the Yeti as well, um, but he's faster than I am. So he'll go off and do, uh, we've already decided we'll do different, you know, legs separately, but we are going to tackle the nine o'clock and the one o'clock night runs. We'll go do those together. He'll slow down for me. So thank you very much, kind sir. Yes. Um, That's awesome. Well, good luck with that this weekend. Um, Another fun thing that we read about that you were doing are running treats that support healthy habits that you've purchased recently. Tell us how, you know, giving yourself a little treat um, or leading up to a treat or saving up for a treat keeps up your motivation as well. Absolutely. Well, um, my husband actually times races. Um, It's not his primary job, but um, with all of the spring and summer races that just ground to a halt overnight, we knew, um, you know, seeing everything that's happened with the economy, we wanted to support our local running store. And so we decided uh, to buy new shoes when this all kind of happened in March. And then when we realized, okay, well, what else do we quote unquote need for running? If we're running more miles right now, we should use recovery shoes. We need new recovery shoes. So I treated myself to two pairs of UFOs um, in April because those are my favorite to make my feet happy after a run. And I I pretty much live in flip-flops anyway. So those are the best ones, at least in my opinion. 
wearing mine right now. I yep. love them. I even teach in them. I wear the ooh-la-las to go teach in. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They're fancy enough. They kind so of dreamy. almost look like patent. Right? I think yeah. so, yes. Um, and then in May, um, at the start of May, I bought two new pairs of gooders because, you know, the sun is bright even at 730 in the morning, so I might as well look good when I'm out there. Uh, uh-huh. And in, in, you know, all these little things kind of, I guess, allocating that I haven't filled up my car with gas since before spring break in March. Um, mm-hmm. And so the money that I would ordinarily spend there or on dry cleaning has just kind of been shifted over to support our local running store. Um, and of course, it's a, a healthy habit, gets me out the door and makes me happy and helps our friends out. So, um, yeah. It's just a little running treat. My other little running treat is cold coffee. After a run, I love a good cold coffee. Uh, Uh And so the past two Saturdays, my husband and I have both, um, we decided to leave the neighborhood, to leave the confines of our routines and go Uh run in a little town that's not very far away from us. And afterwards treated ourselves to cold coffee from a real local coffee shop. it was such a treat. And again, it, it was something kind of a reward to look forward to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. nice. I, I love that. I, I definitely do that um, as well. I think it's any little thing that helps get you out the door and um, it's goals. It's right. It's small goals that you set for yourself. So those are great ideas. Nice. nice. Okay, Samantha, I can't let you leave without asking my most important question. Um, are you finding less found change these days <laughs> and um, either because people are sheltering in place or only using cards, not cash, or maybe, you know, all the changes to the left, but you're turning to the right now. <laughs> um, um, because, um, you know, I, I have to say out here in Portland, I'm coming home empty pocketed more often than I normally do. You know, I agree completely that they're just, um, I haven't found as many coins Um, out on the roads since all of this started. And I don't know the answer. Um, Probably it is fewer people out there, or maybe they are using cards. I know I was concerned initially, should I even pick up a penny if I find one on the road? Is it safe to do that? Um, You know, I, I don't know. But I have been finding a little bit, like today I found a nickel at a crosswalk, and I got so excited about the nickel. Yes. Usually, what about you, Katie? Do you find any around you? You know, I I really don't. Um, but I will admit also that I'm kind of a clumsy runner. I mean, I've fallen more times than I can even count running. So I have to pay attention to the roads and the sidewalks um, so I don't trip over myself. So I really don't look for it all that much. Um, but I but even when I do try to, I don't I don't see it. So I think it is. I think people just aren't. They're just not walking around as much with, with money in their pockets. So um, usually I try to do a little bit of plogging as well and pick up a piece of trash or an item that I can recycle. And I, I typically do it when I'm closer to my neighborhood so that I don't have to carry it quite as far, but with concerns about contamination or also the fact here it's steak season so we have to play the game of, is it a stick or is it a snake? Oh, when we look gosh. at things, um, I haven't done any plogging lately, but last mm-hmm. week I found a functioning laptop computer 
Um, I saw that. <laughs> was that not the craziest thing? That was crazy. Wow. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Now, I have found yeah. cell phones in, you know, previous years. I found a purse once. And so I have worked to always return those. And this yeah. laptop, it was just in the bike lane on a well-traveled four-lane road. And mm-hmm. so I was able, I picked it up and brought it home, found a charger to charge the battery, turned it on. Um, and from the, the home screen, I was able to make a few phone calls and I found the owner. And so I thought that was a really, you know, nice thing that I could do for somebody else and return the laptop back to the lady. She had put it on the top of her car and it slid off. Oh my gosh. Good deed. Good. That's so funny because I found a wallet on Sunday. Did you? I did. I found a wallet with $65 in it Whoa. as well. Yeah. As well as the, uh, which Molly has told me in previous years can count toward my annual total. And um, <laughs> even though I return it and so found it probably mm, less than three miles into a 10 mile run. And yet I still returned it to the owner's home before he even got home. Oh. And uh, he, he was out on some super long walk. He lives in this, it's called peace house and it's, kind of a, a communal living situation, of course, because I live in Portland, Oregon. And um, <laughs> so I, I uh, asked the woman who answered the door and she was like, I was like, oh, is John so-and-so here? She's like, no, he's out on a walk. I'm like, well, I found his, found his wallet. And she was like, oh yeah, he probably dropped it. I'm like, would he have been all the way up by Jefferson High? She's like, oh yeah, yeah, he's not home yet. And I was like, okay, well, when he gets home, tell him Sarah brought this by. Wow. So yeah, and he lives just a couple blocks from Molly's house. So even though it was nowhere near our neighborhood where I found it. So, um, so gold stars to both of us, man. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, good luck with the Yeti. I'll, I'll think about you when I get up to pee during the night. on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good thing. Thank you. Yeah, yes. You're, wel- you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks for joining us again, Samantha. Have fun. It's a delight as always. Thank you, ladies. Our next guest is Jess Fitch, a mom of one who lives in Camas, Washington, which is just north and east of Portland across the mighty Columbia River. Jess is a mother runner and triathlete, and she works in the veterinarian pharmaceutical industry. Jess and I ran into each other at a half marathon last December, which now seems like a lifetime ago. Um, she ran in an adorable holiday-themed outfit, and I was volunteering. So thanks for being on the show, Jess, uh, although I wish you were here in studio for this conversation. I know. It seems like that was forever ago. It's great to be here. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Just how, um, how old is your son? He is four and a half. Oh my gosh. So that is, has he been doing online schooling or virtual learning or, I mean, what does that look like for a four-year-old? Um, right now it looks like um, maybe some counting and math with daddy using pistachio nuts and um, there is a little bit of flashcards and reading work with mommy doing sight words and different things like that we try to do about an hour a day oh wow Um, and there's a lot of PBS kids involved. Of course. <laughs> yeah. um, I shoved all three of my kids in the basement and told them they could even rent a movie today if they would just stay quiet during this podcast. So we are all doing the best that we can, right? Yep. Um, tell us a little bit about your athletic background when you know, you're running um, routines yeah. and, and all that good stuff. 
Yeah, so I am, I call myself a recovering marathoner. Um, back in the day, post-college, I really got into running um, kind of as a social activity um, in the Portland area. And um, that led to a lot of half marathons and marathons. Did, I think, 10 marathons and an ultra before um, having my son. And so now it looks like, um, you know, more cross-training. I really appreciate Sarah and Dimity in that regards. I've learned how to swim. I've learned to embrace biking. One day, maybe I will be better about stretching and mobility, but uh, I'm definitely in that taking care of my body phase right now. Awesome. Awesome. So when I asked you to be on the pod, you told me motivation to work out has become a lifeblood for me. And um, first of all, I love that word choice. Um, so talk more about what you mean, please. Yeah. You know, I'm really in this place where the choices I make about exercise, it, it's really the only thing I can control, mm. um, you know, and it's a choice. So it's a choice I get to make every day and I have to think about, you know, when I'm going to do it and what it's going to look like. Um, you know, the, the words that keep coming to me are like relentless forward, forward progress. Just mm. keep doing something. Just keep moving forward. Um, you know, get some fresh air. Um, I go early in the morning because that's the only time I get alone time. Mm -hmm. um, usually if it's in the afternoon, somebody wants to tag along. And then, you know, really it's about just keeping myself healthy because I feel like that is, is really, truly the only thing we can control right now. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, you admitted to Sarah that exercise also helps manage your anxiety during the pandemic. Are you comfortable <laughs> telling us more about that? Yes. So right before the pandemic, right as it was kind of unfolding here in our area, I broke my arm. Oh, no. um, I was on a bike ride. It actually happened before the bike race that I was doing. And I, you know, I convinced myself I was fine for about 24 hours. Oh my gosh. Found out. Yeah. <laughs> it was indeed broken. Talk about um, being a bammer on a bike. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that, you know, forced me to stop moving for a while. I wasn't getting my swims in, um, you know, the pools closed pretty quickly thereafter, but they had said, you know, don't go out and run, don't go get on a bike and ride, just keep it still for at least a week and recover. And, and that was hard. And I found myself just kind of spiraling into this mess of anxiety. And mm -hmm. I was really paralyzed and um, a lot of time with the call map and a whole bunch of different interventions. But once I finally start got you know, out there and moving, even if it was just a slow run around the block, um, 30 minutes, you know, sitting upright on a bike trainer, I started to feel a little bit better, um, started to kind of get that piece of me back again and realize that if I don't go do something for me and if I don't exercise, I spiral deeper into that anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, for sure. You know, even on rest days. Mm -hmm. something about getting your heart rate up. I don't know what it is, but. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then what do you do on rest days? Do you take a walk or? Yep. I found myself starting to go out just like I would be on, on a run, you know, at 6am I'll lace up my shoes, walk out the door. Um, I've been taking podcasts with me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this morning I, I did my walk, I guess yesterday morning did my walk and listened to um, some AMR podcasts Thank and you. then um yeah just try to try to do something so that I don't think about the fact that I'm not exercising all day long mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, well you've mentioned a couple times that you still wake up super early you mentioned in um, that text that you get up at 5 a.m so 
um, even though I suspect your schedule might allow for a bit more latitude. So what, what gets you to get up and at them that early even now? Well, I think part of it's just I've kept in that routine. Mm-hmm. And so I'm tired at nine o'clock and I fall asleep. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of times I fall asleep putting my son to bed at night all the way down with him for a few minutes to snuggle and kind of nod off. And <laughs> I naturally start waking up around 4.30, um, wow. 5 o'clock. And just I haven't had to set an alarm for weeks, um, wow. which is amazing. But um, I am taking some more time for myself. So instead of getting up and going straight out for a run, I usually um, brew a cup of tea and might read for 20 minutes or something before I go out and get ready mm. to run. Just because I don't have that commute time. I don't have to worry about putting myself together to go into the office. But um, I still make sure that, you know, one day when I do have to go back into the office, I'm able to wake up at 5 a.m. and go. Yeah. Yeah. So, and is that when you do the calm app in the morning or do you prefer that night? I've actually been doing it night, um, oh. right before I fall asleep. Um, I find it just helps me quiet my mind and I've been able to get to sleep a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jess, it's funny. I started, um, usually I just get up and go for a run, but I started setting my alarm maybe 20 minutes earlier and I drink a cup of coffee and I just sit in my chair downstairs and enjoy (laughs) a few minutes of peace and quiet before everyone wakes up. And it is lovely. I I will go off tangent for a little bit, but my mom, when I was younger, used to get up at 530 in the morning. None of us understood it. There were four of us. We're like, why would you get up so early and just sit in the chair and drink coffee? And now I get it because no one's asking her for anything. And you can just wake up. It's peaceful. You can enjoy the morning, kind of set your intentions for the day and then go out and work out. So I I think that's such a great idea. And I enjoy that too, for sure. Yeah. There was a period of time where we were all waking up around six o'clock. My son's an early riser too. And it just was such a a hard start to the day. Mm -hmm. I need that quiet time. I need that space. And um, at the same time, we were also doing workouts all together at lunch. So I would Mm -hmm. be on a bike trainer. My husband would be on a trainer and then my son would be pedaling next to us on his little training wheel bike. (laughs) But like it, it as good as that was, it wasn't what I needed. No, you need some time to yourself. Yes. Um, so tell us about the virtual sprint duathlon that you just did. And congratulations. Actually, thanks. I've actually just done two. Um, the first, (laughs) yeah, the first one was a canceled race. Um, one of our local event companies, Y racing has been putting on these phenomenal virtual events and, um, you know, we, the, there's medals and they do post-race videos and you submit your photos and then they, you know, you do your mock finish lines and they have swag base. It's been great. And so um, I did my plan virtual duathlon and um, my son actually had, I signed him up for the 5k. He can't do a 5k yet at four and a half years old, but we turned his into a mini triathlon. And he did, you know, like a lap on a scooter, a lap on a bike, and then a lap on his feet. And we had a blast doing that. That is and so cute. I worked my buns off on the bike um, and the run. <laughs> and, you know, it's just that race mentality. I was running around my neighborhood with my bib on, just like it was a real race. And you know, people were driving by in their cars. Like, what is she doing? We've seen her <laughs> run around this neighborhood because it's a duathlon like four or five times now. <laughs> but, you know, we had cowbells out in the street. We made it a lot of fun. And then um, the second one I did was Iron Man's doing some free 
um, virtual events just to kind of keep people moving. And so I did one of those just to kind of, again, see how my training was going and what kind of progress I was making. And it was a lot of fun. It's, you know, something different, something to do. Good for you. That's awesome. So do you have any other virtual races, either running or multi-sport coming up this summer for you? (laughs) I have so many. It's funny. Um, So I had signed up originally to have this big block of training leading up to Pat Crest, which is a big triathlon um, over in Sun River, Oregon. And I really wanted to get stronger on the bike this year. So I signed up for this ultra sprint that has a 30 mile bike ride in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, so all of those events have mer- moved to virtual. So mm-hmm. you know, have a virtual, I think, in two weeks, and then a virtual at the end of June. Um, so far, no virtual relays. I wish we could figure out how to make that work. Um, but uh, I also signed up for a virtual training camp, training camp for triathlon, which has been a lot of fun. And oh. I've really just kind of reframed my mind that this is a chance for me to learn and be hungry to learn things about all of these sports and different approaches and um you know so i'm thinking about doing heart rate training next Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's something i've always wanted to do and i'm the type of person if i get to a race i end up racing and i throw all that out the window so maybe this is a time to focus on me and and actually learn how to do that so yeah, lots of plans this summer. Good, good. Well, I think those those definitely keep you moving. You know, having those having those plans. Okay, so we've previously bonded over our shared love of swimming in ponds and lakes in the area. So talk a bit about that and your plan to undertake the Orcas Island Swim Run, which is the sister event to the swim run that Dimity did in Maine two years ago. And leave yes. out the leave out the part about where you're going to talk me into doing it. Just talk about how. Because <laughs> yeah. I, okay, I, so I did sign up for the newsletter yesterday. I signed up for the newsletter oh, yesterday. Okay, Sarah. So, it has not been canceled yet. I know. I saw that. Oh, oh I went on the site. I went on there. Yeah. Yep. 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 So talk about how how um you know the fact that that hasn't been canceled and and what you're doing to you know. Yeah. So first of all, it's all Dimity's fault. Um, <laughs> of it always is. It always yes. is. Yes. I'm also going to blame one of my my great friends in this area, Mel, um, and I think maybe my friend Rachel, who started talking about swim running two years ago, and we're like, we just didn't understand it, and now we're all signed up for this event. Um, so I um, will be kicking off training for that here pretty soon now that we can get into our local lakes. Um, my, my BRF and I are signed up to do this together. Um, you're basically tethered. And um, so our team name is Tethered Forever Your Girl. <laughs> Love that. To Paula. Um, she's, she's been injured the last couple of weeks. She had a really unfortunate incident with some um, yard work. Oh, but um, yeah, yeah, it's not what you want in the middle of the situation when you need your outlet. Um, but I'm really looking forward. We've got this little lake um, nearby that I was actually in this weekend and it's got trails all around it. And so pretty soon we'll be getting out our swim run wetsuits and our shoes and trying to figure out how we're going to do this. And uh, it should be quite a sight. Uh, there's about, I think, 10 to 12 of us. Um, that are signed up for this event so we're just doing the little short course version but but really looking forward to it and um you know just crossing our fingers that what that is doesn't... what is the short course version um i think it's about eight miles total of running and maybe a mile and a half of swim oh okay all right wow. but, and, it, and it is 
and it's oh it's swimming it's off of orcas island so it's salt water yes <laughs> you think <laughs> that would make sense sarah yes <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually haven't looked that much into it, and then I didn't want to because I was afraid it was just going to get canceled outright. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, the, I think the longest stretch of swimming is about 800 meters, which is not a problem. And then mm-hmm. you've got you know, some really short stints. And mm-hmm. um, we did have some girls in my group that went up there to do a, a trail running camp in mm. February, mm-hmm. and they said, "Get your hill training in." So, oh wow. boy! Okay. okay. I mean, we live on a hill, so it's fine. We have plenty of hills to train with, but yeah, <laughs> they're all around. Yeah. Um, well, the last question, it sounds like you do a great job of staying connected with your, with your friends, obviously, um, gearing up for training for this race, but how else do you stay in touch with your running friends? You know, is it, um, it, you know, how it, do you guys chat on the phone? Do you run six feet apart? You know, how, how do you keep that connection alive during these these times? Yeah, it's, it's been a variety. And I think, you know, um, so we have a, a group here locally, there's about 500 of us now, probably you know, 50 to 100 that are super active. And so okay. we've got that private Facebook group where we can all kind of chat. And give give a shout out to She Runs. Woo, yeah. Woo. She Runs. Um, we're a bunch of bammers. Um, but the group is great because motivation is everywhere. When you look at this group, we have a whole host of people that are doing love the run you're with. In fact, my neighbor Meg is, and we've gotten into this weird routine where we'll both leave our houses at the same time. We won't talk about it, but we'll run into each other about a quarter mile into our run. <laughs> um, and it's been great because I just, you know, be flexible. I abandon my workout and you just kind of run one of us on the sidewalk, one of us in the street, mm-hmm. six feet apart. Um, and then we've got people doing the Yeti and the race across Tennessee and mm-hmm. now the race across Oregon and Washington. Oh, um, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, apparently it's it's new. I'm I'm not going to sign up for it because, again, I'm, I'm trying to recover from long distances. <laughs> but, um, you know, we have just this amazing community of people that will sucker you any, into anything. It's, we're like lemmings. Somebody will throw out, do you want to do this with me? And I, you have six people that raise their hands. Yes. Um, you know, my, uh, my friend Mary is using this time to run with all of her dogs. And so she asked somebody in the group, hey, does anybody have an extra jogging stroller for a kid? Because she has one dog that oh, can't st- run. Stop what? How many dogs does she have? Right. That's she the important has- question to start with. She has four dogs. OMG. Yeah. I can barely <laughs> run with my one dog. That is bananas. Yeah. So she's doing the race across Tennessee. And so she's trying to make sure that they all get equal time with her. Like, oh. Just like normal kids. It's amazing. Um, so really, you don't have to look very far to see um, – some motivation right now we're doing this challenge um for the first person in the morning to post in a workout um, oh my god so you know, what's been the earliest time um i've ooh, we've got a bunch of us that are like five six amers okay. so you don't have any fours no see I, I could see somebody just being kind of like a d-bag about it and being like getting up at 1201 you know going <laughs> running a mile and be like yep yep did it did it it's check. It's happening because a whole bunch of them are getting ready to do the Yeti challenge. Okay. Yeah. It's going to happen. It hasn't yeah. yet, but uh-huh. it's going to. I'm waiting for it. The smackdown. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so but, funny because you know, this is like, you know, the, 
that 40, 30, 40, 50 year old version of peer pressure, you know, back in <laughs> when we were teenagers, it was a whole host of other things that we were pressuring each other about. So the, at least this is good, right? Yeah, it's, it's healthy. Uh-huh. You don't yeah, get, exactly. You it's don't healthy. get venereal disease from running last I checked. So. <laughs> Sarah, that's not we... what I was thinking. I was thinking drinking, but. <laughs> Her worry is the lakes, right? So now we've got all this peer pressure for people joining up to go for swims. And I think we're establishing now a three day a week swim schedule. We don't want anybody swimming alone. And, oh, sure. You know, somebody casually throws out a link to a wetsuit sale and, you know, we just start reeling people in because people are desperate for that connection. And um, I think people are just wanting to try new things and we make it really, in, you know, so it's not intimidating and, you know, like we had a couple girls out for the first swim in the lake this week and we just sat there and bobbed with them for a while <laughs> until they were comfortable right and you know and then we did some strokes and we all stayed together and so we try to make it it's just this really unusual group of amazing women um mm-hmm. you know you got to see a little glimpse of it we did the amr takeover at a relay right yes. right um but yeah that's us just every day that's just awesome under- <laughs> so fortunate to have found it. Oh my gosh. Well, I gotta say, I think you might, next time you find a link to a wetsuit sale, send that to me. Cause that is one thing that I've been thinking about. Thinking There's about. one right now. I'll send it along. Okay. I'm just saying we're going to be swimming tomorrow night. We've got plans <laughs> to swim this weekend. It's happening. There's not as much traffic on I-5 so I can get there a whole lot quicker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going to see a picture of all of you guys on the Instagram feed tomorrow i just know it just just bobbing together yeah yes. yeah well i think i tagged it last last week like you did you, you did i saw it. <laughs> i did see that and that's when i was like looking around your facebook page i'm like oh look she tagged me in some hashtag so <laughs> oh my goodness oh. We, uh, we we frequently use the hashtag bammers in the lake bammers on a bike and then just bammers <laughs> well i'm gonna kick you out of here before i get sucked into something i might regret so <laughs> <laughs> so move along, Jess. Move along. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. Yes. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, ladies. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Our final guest today is Melissa the Burge, a homeschooling New Hampshire mom of three daughters who, in full disclosure, is the admin in our Train Like a Mother club. She's also a BAM ambassador. Melissa has run two marathons, including running New York City Uh, last November, which I'm sure seems like a million years ago. And she was set to run the Missoula Half Marathon next month. Heavy sigh. Uh, More so glad you could join us, Melissa. Thank you. I'm really thrilled to be here. I've been listening forever (laughs) and have never been on the podcast. So this is really fun. Oh, good. Good, good. Uh, Melissa, well, as a mom of three girls too, you are my role model because you have raised three girls to be um, what appears to be so successful and smart and beautiful and kind and all those things. So tell us a little bit about the ages of your girls. And I think you just had a graduation or two, right? Um, Yeah. Well, thank you. (laughs) That's very high praise. (laughs) Um, So our oldest is 21. She just graduated this past weekend from the University of New Hampshire with a piano degree and just learned literally a couple days ago that she was accepted into a master's program in Ohio. Oh, fantastic. Um, so yeah, things are changing fast here. And then the middle child is uh, just finished her freshman year at Georgetown in DC. She's 
18. And then the one I still have at home who is still homeschooling is uh, 16, just got her driver's license and is a percussionist and mm. tap dancer. Mm. So no spoilers. We will get to that topic later. <laughs> <laughs> so um, fill us in on your running journey, Melissa. Yeah, that's that's always tough. I have a very hard time doing this. I started running really on a complete whim in 2009. It was May, so it's been 11 years this month. Mm -hmm. I remember being home and with these three little kids. Um, the youngest would have been around six at the time, so they were probably six, eight, and 11. And, you know, they were moving so fast and doing all these things, and I remember just feeling tired and I found it difficult to keep up. And I sort of just decided that I wanted to become more fit. And I did not know how to do that. So I sat on our old dinosaur computer looking for like, what do I do? What can I do from home? And one of the things that I had just heard about was one of those, you know, run a 5k from doing nothing, a couch to 5k type of program. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started and just completely out of the blue. <laughs> and then uh, ran my first little 5K that summer. Um, from there, I really took me a little while to do anything more than three miles because I was kind of shocked that I had ever even gotten to three miles. Mm -hmm. But the way I extended the distance was via a friend, um, a friend from 30 years ago, actually, mm. who posted about another mother runner on Facebook. Nice. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it was destined to be. Um, and I was like, oh, you guys, you know, there's there are people out there that are like me that have run further than 3.1 miles. And um, I started listening to the podcast and found out that you were doing, I think it was like the very first virtual training plan for 5K. Mm -hmm. And I listened to that podcast while I was running mm -hmm. and um, was so inspired. I ended up at signing up to do the first um, half marathon training program, the Proved It. Oh, yes. Uh -huh. yeah. it. Oh, I wore that shirt all um, the time. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> yeah, I love that shirt. Uh, and um, that was sort of, that was like, that was the beginning. That was 2014. So 2014, I ran my first half. And I really have just sort of kept that distance and beyond since. Um, so it's not, it's more recent. I was very much the anti-runner before that. Like I, you know, I, I made all the jokes about why would you run unless you're being chased and all of that. Um, hated the high school mile, uh, just absolute torture to do things like PE. Uh, so it really is like a whole new world. <laughs> I love it that your motivation to start um, was because you wanted to stay fit and stay you know, keep up with your kids. Cause I think that that's such a common theme amongst, um, bammers. And that's truly something that I thought about as well too. I just, I want to be able to run and bike and hike and play tennis and do all those things with my kids. And I mm -hmm. think that this is just such a great way to, to obviously be able to keep up that fitness level. And I don't yeah. want them to chase me around and, and me have to like stop and walk and pant. And so, oh. I yeah. felt so left out. Like yes. we were doing a little bit of light hiking as a family and I, they would stop up ahead and wait for me. Mm. And my gosh, that just was, it was heartbreaking to me. Yeah. I felt like, wow, I am the weakest link <laughs> and I don't want to be, I want to keep up and I want to support them and, you know, doing the next hard thing and I won't be ready for it if I don't turn this around. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, good yeah, for you. Know, like, different. Yeah. No, I've run much further than they ever care to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You showed them with yeah. your marathon. That's yeah. right. <laughs> um, so how have you found, or have you found it rough, I should say, to stay motivated during semi-quarantine, even when you were following a half marathon training plan and um, your boss's Dimity? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, she, you obviously know she is a very tough act to keep up with. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, but could not be more gracious about whatever I do is my own thing. But I have found it really hard. I am definitely, my story is not one of signing up for the Yeti. (laughs) And that's, it's been really challenging. Um, And not just because the race canceled, just having everybody come home and um, having it just be, there's so many unknowns. There have been a lot of days where I really did not want to do anything. Mm. So I hear a lot of mother runners talk about, you know, running is, you know, if I didn't run today, I don't know how I would do the day. And I guess I probably am prone to the opposite that Mm. I probably could easily sit down and stop. Mm. (laughs) And I know that's, you know, that's counterintuitive to the way most of us in this sort of, you know, group of women work, but it's been it, it probably is my default setting is to not do the run. Okay. Um, so every day is a push and that makes it harder because I don't want to quit really. You know, I don't want to stop, mm-hmm. but it's been hard to kind of find the push out, you know, the door and when I'm feeling kind of dark about all of the what's next and what's going to happen and having a kid graduate or have two kids in college, kind of like not knowing what's next for them and, mm-hmm. you know, for any of us, it just feels so heavy. And to sort of put that aside and go outside anyway has been an effort. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to approach it a little differently mm-hmm. <laughs> and not be so hard on myself about, you know, sticking with that plan. You know, right. that Missoula plan kind of had to had to be put on the back burner for a lot of reasons um, mm. in place of doing something. So I have had to switch to a mentality of doing something versus nothing. Um, you just kind or of something versus everything. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I was, I mean, since Missoula was canceled and you, you know, have put that plan on the back burner, do you just kind of wake up every day and, and determine what you're going to do, whether it's a quick run <laughs> is it the night before. I mean, cause I'm very much fly by the seat of my pants too. I mean, my, my kid's schedule comes first. And so I have to work in when I can run, when I can shower, as I mentioned, all those things. So what, what do you typically try to do on those days that you do feel like getting out there and, and working out? Yeah, that's a great question. (laughs) I mean, it's funny because I have, you know, I am, I have access to, and I'm in the various plans like the love the run series. So, and then of course my half plan and of course many happy miles, you know, so I'm, there's so many options. And so it's odd to feel like really my default would maybe be to choose none of them. Um, so it does make it hard. What I try and do now is look at the, um, the half plan. Cause I kind of want to stick with my heart rate training approach. Mm. I love it. And it is Woo-hoo. definitely motivating mm-hmm. <laughs> to know that when I go out for a run of any distance, that it is not going to exhaust me. It is not going to be super hard. I'm not going to come home sweaty and beat it's just going to be easy. And so kind of knowing that is um, a helpful, you know, kick out the door that I Mm. won't come home spent. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I do is kind of look at that plan and I look at the love the run plan for the day Mm -hmm. and that virtual race. So that I'm always ready. And I sort of pick my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. So I know that's like crazy. I'm the one who signs the email saying, stick to your plan and do your strength training. Oh my gosh. So, um, Busted. <laughs> I want to make you a I want to make you a roulette wheel that that like we'll sit down we'll choose the e you know the ten workouts that you will say will say yes to at any point and then I just want you to trrr, you know turn yes. it and where it where it lands you know mm -hmm. that's kind of what I'm doing but you know I do sort of have you know I have this um, baseline of kind of what what's your minimum I, I can't remember where I heard when I heard it but I'm sure it was uh, on a podcast Sarah maybe Dimity said you know just kind of go out with the plan that it's okay to do 10 minutes out and 10 oh minutes god back. oh I knew where you're going with that even before you started in on it yep yep <laughs> because you, you you'll always go you'll probably end up going further than you do and darn if she's not spot on with that advice because that <laughs> That is what is taking me out the door a lot of the days right now is just saying, okay, hey, I can just turn around. Uh -huh. um, I can just come back. And uh, once I'm out there, my kind of like low end, you know, amount of time is to head for the 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, what that equals every every time I go out is at least three miles. Yeah. I don't have a big race anymore. So I'm not, you know, I don't really need to go further, but I do need to do some. So trying to find that middle ground of keeping active, but not stressing about not checking the boxes on that, you know, darn plan. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't want to, how do you take your type A personality and then turn it into a roulette wheel? I don't know, but I've done it. <laughs> um, so I think it's also okay to stop and walk too. You know, if I do not feel like running and I'm out there and I have to stop and walk for 30 seconds, it is, or, you know, do the run walk method, whatever it may be, just as long as right. you, you get out there and it's never, it's, it's all, you always come back happy. Um, as we all know, it's just the Absolutely. getting out the door is the hardest part. Well, and so my um, baseline goal for every day is one mile and it can be walking. So really at the lowest end of like, what's my minimum expectation for myself is one mile. Mm -hmm. And that came about with my, you know, my two best running friends. We can talk about them too, because my gosh, they are huge, <laughs> a mm -hmm. huge help to me. Mm -hmm. But they, but doing that one mile, even if it's walking and knowing that, you know, I've got people who are doing that also is super helpful. Because mm -hmm. um, really one mile in these times is still, it's air, it's fresh air, it's nature. It's, I love the outdoors. Mm -hmm. So being out and seeing how the tree leaves have gotten bigger every day and mm -hmm. the ones that bloom are blooming now. And then that one's fading, but the next one's coming and the wildflowers that are coming. Mm -hmm. I love all of that. Mm -hmm. I love seeing the outdoors evolve mm -hmm. and I love spring. So it's kind oh. of a good time for me to be out one mile a day. <laughs> we are soul sisters, Melissa. I mean, you, that is exact. Oh my gosh. I love watching spring unfurl. Like oh. it just, uh, for me, there's just no, par no parallel to it. Yeah, I, absolutely. Um, so, all right. You alluded to your running friends and um, your two BRFs are always much further away from you than six feet. Um, <laughs> one lives in Iowa, the other in Utah. So talk about how you provide support for each other, especially during these coronavirus times. Um, you said that the trio keeps, um, quote, our three-legged stool upright. Yeah, they are a key lifeline. Um, and now more than ever, if that can even be, you know, um, full disclosure, they both just did the Yeti while mm -hmm. I stayed home and texted them. <laughs> uh, so, you know, they definitely take motivation to another level, uh -huh. um, <laughs> in terms of mileage, um, but see, I but think, yeah. but I think that's good though, that, that, you know, that 
just be, you didn't get, you know, you know what your limits are. Mm-hmm. So you didn't let yourself get roped into that. Cause I could see some people being like, well, all right, you know, and, and um, you know, like Kate said in her piece that Julie, I guess, texted her mm. at one point and said, Hey, can we sometime text each other to talk each other out of things instead of into things? <laughs> so. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it is good to sort of, um, it, it, it did work out that it, you know, that I wasn't um, in that program, you know, doing the exact same thing with them that weekend. And of course, they are the kinds of friends that would say, you know, do this with us, but not if it's not right for you, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no, there's no extra burden, of course, in not doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that being said, uh, I just got a text from one of them this morning about another race. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> and I clicked, no. on that, I clicked on that link and I was like, ooh, the shirt. I'm like, oh, what is wrong with me? I'm the one that doesn't hardly get out for the three miler. Um, so they are, they are really important. Basically what we provide for each other is a, um, a kind of informal accountability. Uh, we don't schedule it. Um, we basically just check in every day, checking on, you know, how's it going? Did you run? How was your run? Um, and even more important than that, I think, is the piece where I can jump in or either one of them can jump in and say, oh, my gosh, you guys, today I'm just I'm just going to do the couch. <laughs> I'm going to do the extra cup of coffee or the, the bag of chips and the salsa, and I'm just not doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think our friendship has gotten to the to a certain place where we know whether that comment requires a, Hey, you know, you said you wanted to do this. Like, let me help you get out the door Mm -hmm. or darn right, sister, take the day off. It's time. And you've done a lot. Mm -hmm. So you do kind of need both kind. You do need both pieces, right? You Mm -hmm. don't want to always have friends that push you even when you shouldn't be pushed. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of knowing when you need that push though, and providing it is, um, is really where I think we are, you know, the, our best friend to each other was when you can be that person that says, go, no, don't go. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And that's hard because to do that requires, it requires a commitment uh, to each other to be completely honest. Yeah. Yeah. What you need. Yeah. And I think that being honest with people is also um, to me means being somewhat vulnerable, which can be um, tough for me. You know, um, so how do you, you know, what advice do you have on that? Or how do you feel you got to that place? Um, That's a great question. (laughs) And it's hard, right? It's a little ambiguous. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the the honesty and the authenticity that's required Mm -hmm. of this, you know, a a friendship where you can really be held accountable Mm -hmm. um, to each other um, does require vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I have learned probably more through them than any other friendships, um, is that the, the day you, you hit send on the text or on a phone call where you sort of really put yourself out there where you're then sitting back going, was that too much? Mm-hmm. <laughs> was that, you know, did I say too much? You know, the friends that you truly trust, are going to come back with a, I'm so glad you shared because I actually am feeling something, you know, similar, parallel, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, it, I think it turns out that we all want to have that space to be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. but it requires somebody kind of going first Mm. and having the guts to go first (laughs) Mm -hmm. can be hard. But once you've got that dynamic, 
you know, it's, it's so easy now. Like it's, it's so easy. And I know that no matter what happens, all even during my coronavirus, like my, this child is having a struggle, you know, um, this is another struggle with my parents who are in Florida and aren't behaving. (laughs) All these things, like I can just throw them out to these friends and how my heart is so strong and they will surround me with this kind of virtual love that doesn't really come from other places right now when we can't, you know, literally hug each other. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So where that comes to running is I can say, you guys, this is really hard for me. I'm having a a hard time staying motivated and they will troubleshoot with me. You know, it's like, I don't really want to stay in this place of not loving, you know, getting out there and being motivated and having a goal. So what can I do? And that is how we came up with this um, one mile a day in May. Mm. That's so um, great. It's, it's attainable. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it rhymes. It is attainable. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and it rhymes. And it's part of, you know, <laughs> you know, our big race together last year was the three days at the fair. Mm-hmm. And so to support that race, which we can't go to because it's canceled and we didn't really have plans this year to anyways, they're doing a three days not at the fair and it's the total <laughs> month. They are. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things you sign up for is a shirt, Sarah. <laughs> of course, Sarah. I need a shirt. Um, and so it's like, any mileage, but you're still making a donation to them, which is nice. So any mileage will do, and it can be, you know, a 12 hour race or a 24 hour race or the month of May. Well, so sign me up for the month of May. Nobody cares how many miles I run, right? Or how I run or walk them. And so that was how we, that, you know, this commitment to each other evolved. Like I do not need to run hundred miles this month or 200 miles or anything. Mm-hmm. And both of those ladies will have well over hundred miles <laughs> this month. Um, but doing a mile a day is a way for us to have a goal that is a group goal mm-hmm. that even I can meet um, where I'm at right now in my mileage. So, um, yeah, it's really it's a very special friendship, as I know, you know, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. And there are there are a lot of um, people, I think, in the mother runner community on the different pages, training pages and informal friendship pages where there is an authenticity to this crowd um, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I think makes it easy to be vulnerable pretty quickly because mm-hmm. it's really not, I mean, I love Kate and Julie. There are a lot of other bammers who I have a really sweet relationship with where I can text them and tell some honest, hard things and they will respond in kind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if we put ourselves out there, that'll come back and mm-hmm. in support and in equal sharing where we get to support in return, which I think is also rewarding. I yeah. want to be a support to them, even if I'm not running a, a hundred mile month. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You're the crew when you're texting them during the Yeti chat. I, I, yes, I, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. It's, it's easy to sit here and say, Julie, have some salt tabs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, in that response, you, you mentioned a shirt different than the one that I hear that a specific t-shirt from the mother <laughs> runner store can get you fired up to run when you think you don't want to. So as manager of our store, that's music to my ears. So um, that's so funny. <laughs> tell, tell us about that how how a certain oh item can get you out the door maybe <laughs> okay so i own it's i'm sure it's considered vintage at this point yes it <laughs> i is. think i bought it on sale at the philly mother runner party in 2016 <laughs> um but it was uh, it says it's all good i ran today uh-huh. and i just love the color i just love it uh-huh. and uh, darn i refuse to wear that sucker if i haven't run no, oh my gosh i feel that? the exact same way can yes. i say that oh my gosh yes. you said sucker on our podcast i know <laughs> <laughs> scandal um yes so i really i refuse to wear that shirt 
if I haven't run today. Uh Um, And so I do like it a lot. Uh And I will sometimes say, oh, for crying out loud, I want to wear the shirt. I'm just going (laughs) to run because then I can wear the shirt. And so I do need, especially now more than ever, that little extra shove out the door. Uh And sometimes that's the fun way to achieve it is to say, I'll wear the shirt after I do my run. And the kids took to asking me, uh, especially after I first got it. But did you run today, mom? Oh my gosh. Um, and if I'd said no, you know, yeah. that would have been bad. Yeah. <laughs> would have been a liar. Uh-huh. So yeah. Whatever like it takes. Yeah. I Whatever know. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes is right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we, you mentioned this in the, in the intro, but another movement passion of yours is tap dancing. Are there any enthusiasm or tricks for getting psyched up to dance? I can apply to urging yourself um, to get out the door and go for a run. <laughs> it's funny run in your tap shoes, right? <laughs> I know. Well, there are, there is a, uh, a step called running flaps oh. <laughs> and you actually run across the dance floor, like in a flap motion, which is actually very hard when you go back and forth, front way and backwards and side to side. Mm-hmm. It's like serious on the, <laughs> on the glutes and the, um, yeah, on the, on, it's really tough. Um, but it is, it's interesting because when I started tap dancing, which is only just a year in, I've been a dance mom for like 18 years, but mm-hmm. I just was tired of being on the sidelines and wanted to learn tap. Um, I was constantly thinking of analogies that were kind of the other way around, like how running applies to tap. Mm-hmm. So to sort of reverse it with your question, Katie, is uh-huh. tricky because yeah. um, the one day that I really realized things are crossing over the other direction is when I did my first competition in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never been on stage like that before in a competitive environment. I was scared to death, but the feeling in my stomach, I was like, Ooh, I know this. Mm-hmm. This is like running. This is like race day. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> These are the same butterflies that come out on race day. And I oh. know how to like um, manage them. I know uh-huh. how to channel this and breathe and get my head in the game. And, you know, of course it's a much shorter race when you're on stage for three minutes. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of time to warm up. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think about that and I realize that there's, you know, that's, there's, an accessing of like the, the why you want to do something. Mm-hmm. And I think I get to do that in tap. Like tap is still so hard for me mm-hmm. that I have to always really want it. And I have to remind myself like, yeah, I do want to learn this hard thing. I do want my brain to be absolutely tired at the end of class. Um, I do feel a little extra, you know, I've got a few extra years on me by the time it's over because I cannot believe how mentally exhausting tap dancing is. <laughs> yes. It, yeah. It's, it's tough on the body and on the brain. Um, but I think in a good way uh-huh. and, um, you know, getting, uh, that, getting that feeling about like, why am I doing this? I definitely need to channel that with running right now. I do have a why for running and I've got to think about that Mm -hmm. (laughs) the same way I think about why do I want to strap on those tap shoes and practice, especially now, like in my basement alone. Um, there you, you do it because you know that practicing will make you better. Um, you know that you're a part of a group that is kind of relying on, you knowing your steps and Mm -hmm. that's not exactly what the running community is, but it is in that I want to still be active so I can support my friends, Mm -hmm. um, and be plugged in in the same way that they are. And it's kind of like doing the thing because you know, everyone else is doing the thing and you want to be, you want to be part of the team. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, right. 
So there is some crossover um, besides the fact that it's fantastic cross training. <laughs> oh my gosh. I came in. It looks and you look incredible in your videos on um, Instagram and Facebook. I mean, I would fall <laughs> flat on my face. So kudos <laughs> to you for learning a new trick. <laughs> it's fun. I have to say, I'm, I am really missing it. I really do miss it. When they went to all, you know, online, I'm like, oh, this is so not the same. <laughs> I'm sure. I, the sound. I liked having the yeah. class. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the and, you know, you, the sound, you're absolutely oh. right. It is, it's music in its own, in it its is. own right. I just love it. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of fun. I do love it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, all right, <laughs> Melissa. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was great. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been a real pleasure. It was fun to chat it. with you. Yes. Nice to talk to you too. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Both Katie and I are hoping that you'll subscribe to the Another Mother Runner newsletter, which typically goes out on Tuesdays and Fridays and is chock full of informational and, dare I say it, motivational articles, discounts, and news, including the first alert of our next virtual race series, which we are launching in July. <laughs> yep. It's easy to sign up to receive our newsletter. Just go to anothermotherrunner.com slash subscribe. That's anothermotherrunner.com slash subscribe. Katie set up that link. Um, so <laughs> it works. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, uh, thank you in advance for doing that. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Thank you.